one. Boom! There, oh, it, is, there it is, gents. We got some creativity ready to go on my favorite day of the week. S-H-I-T. So happy it's Thursday. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Oops, forgot to take off the SHIT. Look at that. It's all over our faces. All right. Still so happy. It's Thursday. (laughs) All right. Here we go, Dave. It's time to drop. Here we go. All right, all you business pros out there. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, drop a review, help other like minded business owners find value from our awesome guests. While we rise up in those podcast rankings, we'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz, schedule your time slot. Don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and so honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Today's guest is a writer and ad man teaching more than 15,000 marketers and entrepreneurs how to sell like hell with the written word. One look at his website and you can tell this guy knows his stuff. He's got 14,000 subscribers to his newsletter, has written a 10,000-word behemoth of a copywriting and marketing guide, and has been the ink-slinging hired gun for some of the coolest brands on the planet. So basically, he writes pretty words and sells things for a living. Tune in today to learn from one of the best in the copywriting biz and get some tips on how to make your ads pop by using just the right words. Joining us today from Honey Copy out of Nashville, Tennessee, the author of how to write copy that sells like a Florida snow cone vendor on the hottest day of the year. Yep, that's the title. Welcome to the show, Cole Schaefer. Slinging it. Very nice, very nice. How you like that? See, I want to play. I want to play. Cole, man, welcome to the program. What's up, fellas? I gotta, I gotta applaud you. That was a uh, one, one hell of an in- intro. Hey, all I did was steal and reorganize your words. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be why. That might be why. Then was the uh, was the western kind of opener? Was that a hat tip to Nashville, Tennessee? It's gotta be, dude. It's gotta be right. It's, it's gotta, gotta be the way it works. All right, let's let's get into this, dude. I, I want a, a copywriter. First of all, I don't think business owners most business owners understand what kind of value you bring to the table i mean yeah okay marketing yeah i gotta do that okay yeah advertising that is a must but i don't think it means what you think it means right exactly like okay you have to do these things we know we have to do these things but embedded in that marketing embedded in that advertising is the copy somebody's got to write the words that actually bring attention to what you're trying to sell, what you're trying to offer. So tell me about what it's like getting into that space and uh, what, you know, how did you become so good at what did you do? Sure. So I graduated from 
the University of Southern Indiana with a degree in marketing. And so I, I, I kind of had a basis of, of, of what marketing was, um, but kind of about the last year of school, I really started to fall in love with writing and realized I wanted to be a writer. And ultimately what happened was, you know, post-graduation dabbled around in a few different jobs and, and finally landed on, you know, wanting to make a living as a writer. And at the time, the only way that I could figure out how to do that was to write copy for brands. And, and that's, that's how I fell into it. Was it something like uh, you just went and applied for a job or eventually like you started doing your own thing and you ended up reading or you know, writing a book? So like, you know, walk me through that starting process, getting your foot in the door. Man, for sure. So I, it's a, it's a crazy story. So basically right after I graduated from college, I went to get a full-time job at a advertising agency in my hometown. Uh, but it wasn't sort of like your standard agency. I wasn't really doing you know, shit for Pringles or anything like that. It was definitely smaller, smaller vibes. It was a great little agency though. And I was sort of an accounts person. So I was really client facing, working with the clients. And uh, really, I felt like I was just killing my soul to be working there. I mean, I, I, I really hated it. And I got about two or three months in and I was sitting in the office and I was just just thought to myself, like, is this really going to be the rest of my life? And so I, I left, I just got up and left at 2 PM on a Tuesday and, uh, which I don't recommend anyone doing. I mean, it was definitely a, an asshole move. Uh, but I left there, put in my two weeks. Um, my boss was super cool, super nice. And she was just like, look, like you don't want to be here. You know, you can go ahead and, and just move on. And so I bounced and, uh, I decided I wanted to figure out a way to make a living as a writer, you know, actually doing the damn thing. So I went and got a construction job. Uh, and so I would work from 7 a.m. till 2 p.m., uh, tearing out carpet in these old apartment buildings. And it was super, it was super funny because like the first time I showed up uh, on, on that job, like my boss gave me a pair of keys to this sketchy looking van and uh, a roll of duct tape. <laughs> a pocket knife or a utility knife and a address on a piece of paper. And I was like, Oh my God, am I going to murder someone? You know, like what's going on here? <laughs> and so I uh, show up to this, I show up to this uh, old apartment building and I just started tearing out carpet, rolling it up, throwing it in the van and, and doing that just for, you know, five, six, seven hours a day. And then when I got off work, I'd go home and I would just start cold emailing all of these brands, you know, all of these startups, just, begging them to give me an opportunity to write a blog for them, do anything. And at the time I didn't know that what I was asking was essentially copywriting. Um, and, uh, sort of a, a funny point now, but it was a very low point at the time was I got, uh, brought in to, so my old ad agency wanted to do a renovation and they hired the construction company I was working for to do the renovation. So literally a month later, I show up to my ad agency. I'm in work boots, a cutoff, jeans, sweating my ass off, tearing out carpet. And my colleagues like can see me as I'm doing this. And they're all super cool. Like they, I, they weren't, you know, uh, looking down on me or anything, but it was definitely, I could definitely feel the stairs a little bit on like, this kid has a college degree and he's tearing out carpet. I mean, what is he thinking? And it was a really humbling point for me, you know, in my career and uh, made me realize like as hard as that was the pain of tearing out that carpet, um, but being able to get home and, and pursue my life as a writer was less painful than sitting in that office and doing a job I hated. 
Um, but anyways, after a year of cold emailing brands and, and pitching myself, I eventually got to a place where I was a full time copywriter for these brands. And, and, uh, I got, got a few lucky hits on, on some, some projects and was able to kind of make a name for myself. Dude, that, that's a quite the epic journey. I mean, I'll feel you, dude. I, I mean, I remember being a teenager and uh, my uncle lays carpet and rolling that stuff up, throwing it on your shoulder, dragging it downstairs, getting the new roll, bringing it. It's not, it's not like easy work. That's, that's some pretty intense stuff. And then you go home after doing all that and like work your ass off to build something for yourself, dude. First of all, I mean, round of applause for that. I mean, that's that's exactly the type of grind that people always talk about. And there are a few people who push through and persevere. So, you know, kudos to you on 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 being able to to get past that part. Uh, let, let's dive into you know now you're in this space, right? Now you've created something, you've gotten some opportunities. Uh, and, and, you know, you, you have a little bit of a background in writing blogs and stuff, but like you said in your story, like you didn't quite know that you, what you were doing was writing mm -hmm. ad copy. So walk me through, you know, somebody who's getting into this space, what kind of writing did you do and how do you guide yourself to kind of, you know, you know, writing a book is different from writing ad copy. How'd mm -hmm. you like navigate those waters? Yeah, sure. So if you are just getting into the space, you know, something I, I tell people is, definitely start out blogging and start start out writing articles for companies because that is a much cheaper and lower risk uh, decision for those brands versus like going in and pitching them a $10,000 website rewrite. Uh, you can go in and you can be like, hey, I want to, I, I see you're running a, a blog. You haven't written anything for the past year. What if I wrote a blog on one of these three topics and I charge... 10 cents a word or 15 cents a word. That's a much lower risk purchase for those brands than, than you, you saying you're going to do something for thousands of dollars. So that's kind of where I started. And slowly as I built up trust with these brands, I eventually got to the point where they were like, Hey, do you write emails? Hey, do you write, uh, could you write a headline for this, for this, uh, ad? Do you do Facebook ads? And it slowly got into different things within the world of copy. Um, but like with that, something I'll say is like, it's on you as a writer to really train yourself to become kick-ass in the, in the craft. You know, I still, to this day, I, I try to read one book every single week from great fiction writers, uh, from, from other great copywriters, from advertising books like, uh, Ogilvy on advertising and, and I'm constantly working on my craft. So it doesn't just magically happen, you know, like you can't just decide, Hey, I want to start writing articles and suddenly you're going to have a six figure copywriting business. I mean, you really have to like view it as you trying to make it to the NBA in a way, like just in the world of copy. Um, but now as far as like me getting into books and some of those other things, uh, about three years into writing advertising copy, I realized I had this whole other set of skills that were more, more of creative muscles and that was poetry. And so I started publishing every day on Instagram. I just write a poem, drop it on Instagram. And I basically told my audience there, I was like, look, I'm going to write a book and it's going to launch in a year. And every single page that I write, every single poem is going on here first. And I used that strategy to build up um, some anticipation for that book. So for my most loyal readers, they read every single page of the book before it ever dropped. But then when it came time and I actually dropped the book, I sold, you know, about $12,000 worth of that poetry book. And 
that's, you know, I can, I can make that now on a couple of websites I do for clients, but in the world of poetry, you know, and art, that was a really big achievement for someone for their first book. And uh, I kind of applied the lessons I had learned working for these startups and the marketing lessons to really push that, that poetry book. Dude, uh, first of all, I love the fact that you stated this is a process, right? And, and what you, what you explained in, in how to get started, it's all process. Nothing is overnight. You know, when, when James and I started doing this podcast and I, I literally dragged him into doing this, you know, I told him we're going to do this podcast. We're going to do it every day and we're going to do it for at least three years. Uh, and that was the commitment I knew I would have to make to myself mm -hmm. in order to get good at doing anything, right? I mean, the show looks the way it is. The, the My personality, the energy that I have, it's from deliberately day after day after day putting in that work and trying to get better. Uh, you know, you, you were talking about the posting the poems on Instagram every day. I think that does two things and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. One, you're forcing yourself to do the work that is necessary to put that book out. Like this is the time I'm, I'm, I'm making sure that I post every single day. And the second one is that outside source, that internet, that Instagram, that, that whatever, wherever you're posting, that's the accountability factor that's holding you to that, you know, your feet to the fire. So you can, same thing for me every day. Like if I don't turn on this live camera and go on and do something, even if a guest doesn't show up or whatever, like that is me letting myself down. And in my mind, I'm letting down, even if it's just one person who listens, I cannot let them down. You have the same feeling when you were getting started? Absolutely. You know, one, one story I like to reference is Jerry Seinfeld's Don't Break the Chain. When uh, Seinfeld was first starting, right, starting to write jokes, he got a massive calendar. You know, the one, the old school one with the big boxes, mm -hmm. and like each month there was a cat or or whatever. Hung it on his wall, and he had a sharpie. And his goal was to write a joke every single day. And so when he wrote a joke on a Monday, he put a big black X through it. When he wrote it on a Tuesday, he put a big big black X through it. And um, basically he said like, once he got to three X's, all of a sudden, you know, it was a chain, then four, it was a longer chain, five, an even longer chain. And he just would tell himself, don't break the chain. And I think a huge aspect of creativity is you have to make it harder on yourself. Like it has to become painful to not do the thing, right? That's mm -hmm. that, I think that that's where the resistance has to come in, where you, you, you get to this place where for Seinfeld, once he had 17 X's in this massive chain, if he wakes up on a Monday and he's maybe hung over from Sunday football and he doesn't want to write the joke, it becomes that much more painful. Cause he's like, I'm about to break a 17 X chain here, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's similar to what you just described with, with the podcast and and I think the other thing to think about too is like, if you look back on your first podcast, I mean, I bet it was terrible because like I look back on my blog posts and they're like, my early blog posts are horrible. I mean, they're just really, really bad. And so I, I think like, as you progress, uh, that's when some, some really brilliant work can happen. But that's where we all start, right? And here's, this is where the perseverance thing comes into play, right? When you first start, you suck. When a baby first takes a step, he's a horrible walker. I mean, he, and if, if that was an adult trying something for the first time, we'd be like, dude, that is probably not your thing. You probably should just crawl the rest of your life, right? Like, yeah. we'd probably say something like that. But but we don't, right? We were like, good job, keep going. He gets up, falls down, Go, good job, keep going, keep going. He doesn't give up. Right? If this is something that you truly want to go after, something that is your dream, your passion, 
it's up to you to push through those stopping points, right? I mean, there's there's going to be no's. Let, let's talk about the no's. Let's talk about the failures real quick. I mean, you're out here putting out blogs, putting out poetry every single day, and you're busting your ass in the morning, laying carpet. Now you're now you're sending emails and pitches, trying to get people to say yes to you on a business front. How many no's are you going through, and what's going through your mind? For sure. So. Uh, a story that comes to mind with that, I uh, dated a, a girl for about a year. Um, and uh, one day we were having lunch at this uh, place here in Nashville. And there was this toddler who was kind of learning to walk a little bit, or I don't even know when kids like fucking start walking, but he, he, the kid was young. He was like two years old and he fell. He just ate it. And my natural reaction was like, Oh, hey. shit. like, is he, is he okay? And she, she stopped me. She like hushed me and said, don't do that. I mean, if she goes, if she goes, you never do that when a child falls, because once they see the attentions on them, that's when they start crying. It's not necessarily them getting hurt. It's more so like the embarrassment of it. And I thought about that. I thought that is so true. Even like as we get older and we enter into adulthood. And I think that that's a big reason why people don't try is because they, and, and, and they don't try publicly because if you write the article and it flops or do the podcast episode and it flops, you're kind of like the toddler falling down and it wouldn't be a big deal. But what makes it a big deal is the trolls on the internet that are like ripping you for making, for, for looking like an asshat that are ripping you for, for, for being dumb, that are ripping you for trying. And so two parts of that one, if you experience that always be that light, like kind of what you were talking about, where if you see other creatives trying something, you see them putting themselves out there, understand how much courage that takes and sort of be the person that like encourages them to get back up, you know, or if they screw up, don't bring attention to it. Just like, let them be like, let them, let them be the toddler that falls down and get, let them get back up. So that's part of it. I'll also say like, as a creative, who's actually doing the work, I think you just always have to ask yourself, do you want to be the individual in the stands kind of watching the 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 matador and the bull bull right or do you want to actually be the person in the arena fighting the bull like actually doing the work get, getting gored you know getting bloody and it goes back to uh, roosevelt's um man in the arena and i always want to be the man in the, the arena no matter how hard i get fucked up by the bull like i always want to be that guy that's in there and you just have to ask yourself you know that's dude that you, you're absolutely right because you had the easy route already. Yeah. You weren't happy, but the easy route exists. This is one of those things, you know, I, I teach high school and I have, I have young kids and I'm, I'm trying to tell them like, go out and try something. Like the kids that are in my class are probably not college bound kids, right? And if they are, it's after they realize that this is something I actually want to do and then they go after it. Mm -hmm. But at this point in time, they're not really college bound. So I'm like, well then, go and figure out what life has to offer you. Like go and figure out what is the thing that makes you happy because you're going to spend the rest of your life either chasing that thing that makes you happy. And the progression of you doing that is actually where the happiness lies. Or you're going to find something that is safe, that is secure. That is something that somebody told you is the best option for you, but you're going to be miserable. You're going to hate Mondays. You're going to love Fridays and you're, you're never going to really feel like you've accomplished anything. What's mm -hmm. been your experience, you know, having those two dynamics being in, you know, fighting that bull and being in a spectator in the stands. Man. So you have days where you definitely take it on the chin, you know, but you also have days that are 
you know, the highest of highs, you know, just having like huge wins. I mean, I remember one time I was, it was a Friday, uh, sort of late afternoon evening. I was going on a, a, a date. I was like excited about the weekend and I get this, uh, email from a client, my biggest client at the time. And they said, Hey, we're, they, we're on retainer, right? So it was about a, um, $5,000 a month retainer. And they said, Hey, we, you know, we aren't working with you anymore for these reasons. Um, and you know, when I, when you add that up, that's six, that's 60 K over the course of a year. And at the time I'm telling you that that was a huge chunk of my annual income. So it's Friday, it's four, 5 PM. My biggest chunk of income just is gone just like that. And you're kind of having to decide, like, am I going to take this into the weekend, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so there, there's some major low points like that where the bull got you that day, you know, but then there's these high points where you write uh, some copy for a brand that takes off, you know, or you write uh, some copy for a brand and it gets widely recognized or you get invited onto a, a dope podcast or so there's, there's some, some, some highs too in there, but um I think what I try to do is like on the days when I get hit in the chin, don't let it drag me down too far. But when on those, those days when something huge happens, like some people say, don't let the highs take you too high. I'm like, fuck that. Like I'll, I'll let them, I'll let them float me into three weeks from now. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll let them like just race me to the moon. But when it, when you have those low moments, just understand like tomorrow is going to be better. Oh, dude, bro, I'm with you because, you know, if there's one thing that uh, that this COVID season has taught me is tomorrow it ain't guaranteed, bro. Like, you don't know what tomorrow is going to happen. It, it, it might not be COVID itself, but it could be a car. It could be, you know, it could be just some so random true. thing that happens and poof, right? I mean, I, I wear this wrist, one of these wristbands right here because we lost somebody in the family. And, and for oh, me, that always tells me, like, you're here. And then you become a picture like that's that's mm-hmm. it like wow. th- that's all you really have so when you have those highs ride those highs yeah enjoy those moments those moments are here for a reason and you're gonna enjoy that moment as long as you possibly can and the lows you know the lows the lows are gonna come and go and and something i i don't even remember where i heard it from but they they said basically like you know when something happens at some point in the future, you're going to look back and you're going to laugh at it, or you're going to, you know, remember and smile about it. So that time frame between when it happens to when you're going to look back on it, that's completely up to you. It doesn't have to stretch a week, a year, five years. It could be 24 hours, 48 mm-hmm. hours. And it doesn't mean you don't feel the emotion when you remember it, right? Those things still come about, but you can't let it stop the rest of your life because you don't know how much the rest of your life actually is. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Yeah, man, you're you're spot on. And you know, firstly, I'm sorry for your loss. That's that's tough. You know, anytime you lose someone that's close to you, that's that's really hard. Um, but I agree with you. I think so much of life is about perspective. You know, and I, I think it's less about what happens to you, and more so about how you are going to perceive what has happened to you. And that's something I've, I've really tried to do, especially over these past couple years where you, you know, quarantine happens and you can't, you can't lose touch of like the empathy on, you know, there's people out here who aren't as fortunate, who are losing jobs, who are, you know, losing loved ones, right? That's serious. That's serious shit. But for you, you know, if, if you're not going through that, you can choose to view it as 
I'm not able to hang out with people as much. I'm not able to party. You know, I'm 27, like I'm in my sort of prime years to go out and have fun. You can view it as that and like you're missing out on life and, and maybe business is slow or you can view it as, hey, I have like this year long period where I can read a book a week and I don't have as many distractions and I can double down on writing and I can try to build my, instead of just being a freelancer, I can build a product, right? I can, I can write a book. I can uh, build a course. You can view it as this amazing opportunity for yourself while also like being sensitive to the fact that not everyone has that luxury and trying to help others. But I just try to, I, I'm just trying to like reframe some of that stuff to where it's, it's not tragedy, but opportunity. I love I love the perspective idea because I, I'm I'm the same way. I'm like you you have a choice of how you're gonna see a particular situation. And you as a writer, you get to also do the same thing, right? I mean, you're gonna look at a product, a service, an ideal client, whatever it is, and you're gonna have a particular perspective. How do you decide what perspective you're gonna write about when it comes to the brand or when it comes to the client? Sure. So it, it generally starts with a conversation, you know, with that client. Um, I try to view it and, and obviously now you can't do it. And I work with clients kind of all over, all over the world, but I try to like view it a little bit as, you know, just sitting down and having a beer with them, you know, or having a coffee and, and really trying to get their vibe. You know, I just got off the phone before this podcast interview with a uh, client out in California. She runs a winery called Chroma Vera. It's, it's amazing wine. Uh, and I had to tell her story on her about us page. And a big reason she created uh, her winery was because one of her friends, uh, one of her best friends passed away uh, of cancer and he was just a year older than her. And he, he said, you know, don't, don't let any more time get away from you. And I had to figure out like, how do you tell that story? Like in a thoughtful way, that's not dramatic. That doesn't feel like you're using your friend's passing as an opportunity to sell wine. Like, how do you do that? And, um, how you do it is you start with a conversation with her and you figure out how she talks, you figure out what her ethos is, and then you do your best to write that piece in a way that feels like something she would say, you know, on her best day, right? When she's, she like has had three years of writing experience or whatever. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how I do it. I think it's a very intuitive process. How, how blown away are you? I mean, I got to imagine that, you know, you, you put together some of these eloquent pieces that you write, some of these ad copies that you write, uh, and you mentioned it earlier. Some of them go viral. Some of them have great conversion rates and great results. But like that About Us page, like sometimes it's just you hit them directly like a, like a pin right through the middle of the heart. And when you deliver on something like that, like what does it feel like to you as a copywriter? it feels like I'm, I'm more than just a copywriter. You know, um, I think that something that like an inner conflict that all of us face on a, maybe not a daily basis, but I think we submerge it as, is feeling misunderstood or feeling like there's this thing inside of us that we can't express. And for people who maybe don't speak like every day on a podcast or who don't write every day or who don't have like a specific art to express that or music, um, I feel like that can kind of become this bottled up thing inside of them. Um, so like not only through poetry, but copywriting, if I'm, if I'm writing like something very personable or personal for a brand, that's something I'm trying to think about is, uh, you know, you're not just writing copy, but you are, you have a serious responsibility here. And that's to like, get that story out of their chest and like put it out into the world. 
Um, so yeah, it makes me feel like advertising means a lot more than just advertising. You know, it's, it's deeper than that. It's, it's absolute storytelling. And, you know, one of the things that I've noticed uh, throughout this interview is almost every time I went to a, a question, you went to a story. And, and to me, that's powerful, right? One, uh, I learned the story sell. Like stories are how we've passed on our history over generations. Stories are the things that we get emotional on. Stories are the reason why we love going to the movies and watching TV shows. Uh, you know, and I want to make sure that people are aware of the stories that you've put out and the work that you've done. Before we end the show, um, can you let people know how can they get a hold of you? How can they find out more about your story and the stories that you're helping uh, other companies build? Yeah, absolutely. So just uh, honeycopy.com. Uh, if you go there, which it's going across the screen right now, but uh, honeycopy.com, go there, um, go to the far right uh, in the upper right hand corner, and there's uh, a tab that says newsletters. I run three weekly newsletters, so I'll be in touch with you uh, at some point in the week there uh, if you subscribe to any of those. And then I'm also on Twitter at Honeycopy, uh, and then I'm also on Instagram, so at Cole underscore Schaefer uh, over there. So, yeah. Nice, man. All right, dude. Uh, I'm sure you've done a lot of different podcasts and you kind of mentioned it on the show where you got to come on a bomb ass podcast, but I was kind of wondering, dude, what'd you think of the show? Like overall, you've done a couple different ones, uh, you know, from a creative standpoint, any critiques, anything we can do better or what was your experience like? Absolutely, man. No, I, so firstly, like from a pure entertainment standpoint, I was, uh, blown away at just kind of everything you guys had going on with like the graphics and the the clips. So it was super entertaining. Um, as a listener, there are moments where I, I had to like take a step back and be like, Oh shit. Like I wasn't expecting that. So there were like mo moments of like, uh, being slightly not startled, but, uh, taken aback, but in a good way. So I, I anytime I'm sitting down with a client right in there and, and we're trying to write their copy, something I always say is how is everybody talking in your space? So like, bed in a box mattresses you know if you go to bed in a box mattresses and look at casper mattress and avocado mattress and yoga mattress and all these ma mattresses you could remove their brand names and their names and just look at their copy and you would never be able to tell the difference between what they're doing mm -hmm. so an easy way to write great copies you just run in the opposite direction you say okay like here's how all the mattresses company mattress companies are talking about oh none of them are talking about like hey our mattress is the best in the world to have sex on we're going to, we're going to make that a, sell, a selling point. And all that to say, I think like what I'll say about your podcast is it's different than anything I've been on. So I wouldn't tell you to improve or change anything. I would just say, continue to be different and weird and, and nothing like some of these, these other podcasts, you know, I'll take that one, dude. I, I can be, I can be goofy and weird all day long. Oh yeah, man. That's what I'm talking about, dude. That's what I'm talking about. Cole, thank you very much for coming on the show, man. You're sharing a lot of wisdom. And and again, ladies and gents, stories is where it's at. Like, you just got to get down and, and start writing. Take Get a journal. I, I mean, I got my journal right here. I got a couple that I carry in my backpack. Just write. Get your stuff out there. And if you find yourself having some creative struggle, you find yourself saying, you know what? My copy's not right. I, I probably need a little bit of help. That's what people like, like Cole are going to help you do. So go over to honeycopy.com. Go check out what they're up to. The least you can do is subscribe to the newsletter. Like learn from people who are already doing it successfully. That's really what it comes down to. You never know what kind of relationship you're going to build if you just go out and 
you know, reach out and touch somebody. <laughs> I guess that's the way to put it. Cole, thanks again, man, for coming on the show. Ladies and gents, we will see you again manana. Remember, this is my favorite day of the week, S-H-I-T. So happy it's Thursday. See you again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.